0: You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Hour number three. It's The Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. At the bottom of the hour, Derek Wools, the voice of the Flames on Sportsnet 960. Your chance to win a pair of tickets to the fifth annual wing-off down at Cowboys on Thursday. I think we, we got a... Patrick's on the air. From when? When are you on the air today, Patrick? Like nine to, nine to noon today. He's on the air. I think. I think. I think Patrick's gonna rock Texty McTexterson at nine o'clock and give away the uh, the tickets. Move some. Move some product. Yeah, because there like there are so many text messages to get to. Uh, what will be the headline for the Flames after the one p.m. deadline? What will be the headline surrounding the Calgary Flames after the one p.m deadline 960, 960 name and location your chance to win tickets I think Patrick will do that at nine o'clock so keep it tuned here we got you covered we're all over the social medias we got the NHL trade deadline hockey central trade deadline show on right now the news breakers we just spoke to Jeff Merrick and he's on television wow, wow. what Did- a world did you even know he was wearing a three piece suit from I our did chat? Not know that. I had no idea. He looks quite handsome.
1: I would have opened with that. Uh, stay, By the way, guys, I just want on, to tell
0: you I'm wearing a three piece suit for today. Yeah. He looks great and handsome. Speaking of handsome, uh, oh. Flames goaltending analyst, former draft pick, the Calgary Flames. We said good morning to Brent Kron in studio. How are you? Is, is, is something working? Is it not working?
1: Oh, yeah, oh, there you go. I'm, you're, I'm you're, on.
0: you're on. I see the red light now. Good job. There we go.
2: Bingo. Yeah. Not bad,
0: hey? Not bad for a Friday morning. Hey, welcome aboard. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. Thanks for coming in. We, we, we thought you were going to be on the telephone, right? the mobile device, mm-hmm. but we much rather have you in studio talking deadline. Well, I get I get distracted on the phone. I say
2: hi mm. to so many people when I walk and do this stuff, and you know, I can't really just get a moment to myself to have this conversation, because most of the people that I do know when I'm sitting quietly mm-hmm. in the 8th Avenue place somewhere, mm-hmm. they know, especially at this time, that I'm on the radio. Yeah and they come in and say hey like what are you doing you're an idiot you don't know what you're talking about mm-hmm. hey remember you didn't call me back or hey you you suck right so it's like this mm-hmm. now I can just collect my
0: thoughts in a nice yep. safe mm-hmm. environment Yeah fair. um we haven't had a chance to speak See. since the well I haven't had a chance to talk to you uh, just quickly since the beer league game. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, yeah, I, great. I, I just wanted I to I was get hoping your...
1: to see you at the bar for a breakdown yeah. of the on ice action. Yeah. But you said, I'm done with these hooligans.
0: <laughs> yeah, it got a
2: little chippy yeah. in the third period. <laughs> what were your thoughts? You know what? I, I thought it was quite funny because when I the way it was sold to me was it would be just a fun event full of laughter and good times. Yep. And uh, I went to both dressing rooms before the game. And they were great guys. They were having a good time, enjoying themselves. The party bus came over and they were just ready to go and have a good time and got a little history from both sides. And, you know, I, I, I picked my favorite, my, my, uh, my horse in the race, if you will. Mm -hmm. And then we got on the ice and, uh, it was, uh, it it started pretty quickly. We got off to a three, nothing lead for one of the teams and my, didn't even get a chance to sip my beer while I was on the ice. I, Mm -hmm. I, it was not what I had expected. In the second period, things kind of went, the ice tilted in the other direction. Yep. And, uh, you know, it, it was uh, uh, got a little whiny out there, you know, um, <laughs> yeah. being a referee, I will never do that again as far as or, or because I was getting lipped, lipped off yeah. by people on the bench like, hey, ref, that's offside. Did you <laughs> not see that? I'm like, I'm doing an interview during the game with my back turned to the play. <laughs> yeah. So I let that go. And then there was another guy that was, you know, I was, so you missed that one. What, what's going on here? I mean, obviously not like that. And I turned to him and I said, just because I'm dressed this way, it doesn't make me a referee, <laughs> yeah. right? I, I'm here to have some fun. And then Paul Cruz, you know, he gets smoked with a puck and almost ran over and yep. there's a melee behind the net. Goalie gets smoked. <laughs> and I had half a mind just to say, hey, the only way that uh, Paul Cruz <laughs> separates fights is by beating the wheels off of both of you at the same yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> so, he looked great in the... Uh... It looked like jeans on was the broadcast. he board. wearing jeans <laughs> or jogging <laughs> pants? Jogging pants, but we were we were contemplating wearing jeans just to be funny, right? Yeah, he he okay. did bring a bunch of props too to just you know add yeah, to it. He did, you know, he knowing did that it's it. obviously on the radio, and nobody can see it. Uh, but having said that, there was a bunch more that we couldn't even get to because it was uh, it was back and forth, it was a high pace. Yeah, it was. And I, and I was a little sick to his little rundown, so you know there was an mm. excuse built in that mm. I, you know, I wasn't coming to the bar afterwards. I thought I might get beat up or at least slapped.
1: Mm. Always need the excuses. Uh, yeah, yeah,
0: the one instance where the one player came and just pitched for the one guy down to the ice.
1: <laughs> in the neutral zone. In, in the, the neutral third. zone. And it's I'm like, like Ooh,
0: oh. there's kids in the stands. Yeah. Right.
1: Yeah. And, and they're all your family. Yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> they're Yeah. They're, those are yeah. your kids. <laughs> are they proud of you right now? Yeah. Right. Mm. And, and, and I went to both sides. I said, listen here, you guys. Was that the word? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fellas. Yep. We're going to a shootout here. If you guys can't get your stuff together. Yep. And it's just going to be a best of five, and I'm just going to skate off the ice.
0: Um, if, if we're still here doing this show by next year's big if, we're all day-to-day, mm-hmm. um, I invite you to the broadcast booth instead. Oh, I would love that. Okay. Yeah. I'll just shred people from up there. And then all right. Yeah, yell that at me. We yeah. would...
1: You can be our Dave Jackson, our <laughs> officials analyst. Yes. Have you judge the that's refs. Right. <laughs> that's you <laughs> right. right. <laughs> <laughs> you can be our Gene Sterator. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. The way Tony Romo does you need <laughs> to go down to Gene. Gene. What did you see here? I don't know, Kron, what do you think? Was that upside? Do that the whole broadcast. Um, big trade deadline today. Um, I, I gave this number. I don't know if you heard it on the way in. Uh, the Predators made the playoffs as the second wildcard team last year. Brent Kron, 97 points. The Flames need 30 points in 20 games to hit that 97-point plateau. Can you, can you put a positive spin on that? And by that, I mean with Jacob Markstrom's play last night, can he maintain that in the last 20 games? And do you think there's even a puncher's chance of the Flames getting 30 points in 20 games? No, zero. I'd like to, I'd like to, uh, I'd like to be positive.
2: Hmm. And I'm a positive guy, but I can't be positive in this scenario. I mean, what, he came in in relief of Ladar against Boston, played actually pretty good. Yep. I thought he played really well. And sometimes in those scenarios too where you're struggling... And, you know, sometimes starting a game, you know, you're thinking about it all day long. You know, you're playing every other day in the National Hockey League. You're just exhausting yourself all day long, thinking about, I got to be better. I can't let in the first shot. I got to be a, the difference maker. And when they say, oh, you know, ours playing, he's getting a great night's sleep. He's, I think he just had a kid, too. And there's a bunch of personal stuff going on with him. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, well, you know, I'm going to have to sit on the bench today and just uh, take a bit of a breather. And he's also, he goes in for the second period, doesn't have time to mentally psych himself out, doesn't have to overthink things, just go in and play. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then all of a sudden, you know, comes in last night. I was at the game last night, and he makes that first save, and the crowd oh gives him a cheer. Goodness. And you're like, yeah. And and you know what? Stuff like that drives me insane. But the it's Bronx also, cheer, yeah, uh, drives me nuts. And 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 then he just kind of rolled with it, though. He looked confident from the from the drop of the puck, and he was making, you know, just routine saves, looking confident. He he's this season, even just routine saves. You you, you watch him, and he looks like he's guessing half the time, and he's not comfortable in how he's doing things. Last night, he was really comfortable. So. It's positive. It, it's it's a it's a turn in the right direction. I think it's too late. I don't know if he can sustain it. I mean, even that Marner goal through his legs. I'm sure, you know I was at the game, so I couldn't see the replay all that yeah, well. Same. Maybe it was kind of through through some traffic, but it went through him. And those are ones he has a goal you you don't want to let in. And mm. I thought he bounced back just fine. Made that big save against uh, Nealander at the end of the second period. And he's, he's got to be. We need him in order to get at least a, a, a snowball's chance in hell here to get into the playoffs.
1: When like I don't think uh, like when I think of Ted Lasso, he's got the big believe in his
0: room, right? Yeah, I, I, I like don't that.
1: think Daryl Sutter has "Let's Have Fun" above his office,
0: <laughs> yeah. he, but it, not with like a glue stick and it's no. bedazzled with sparkles. Yeah, it's bedazzled. Yeah. I don't think yeah.
1: that's in his office. No. Um, but for Jacob, you mentioned he just had his son, uh, his first child. I don't know if his son, his first child. That's got to be just a moment of like straight joy, and I wonder how much that helps. In a work environment as well. When at home, you just have that awesome moment as well.
2: Well, and it, it's not fun coming to the rink right now. I'm sure it's pretty toxic in there. Just losing and and you know, no consistency. Gu- guys, I would hope are probably at each other a little bit uh, as far as just demanding more from each other, but more importantly, themselves. Coming to the rink hasn't been fun for the Calgary Flames this season. And then when you have a, have a kid or something kind of life changing happens, it kind of puts things in perspective for mm. you too. Like, hey, you know what? Like, I'm not a doctor. I'm not. I'm not in the military. Uh, You know, what I do every night isn't life and death. And I know it's, you know, there's a lot of pressure and you can put yourself in a box and it's like, well, I'm a goaltender, I'm going to make a save. And there's 20,000 people and people are watching and people get it there. They get a chance to critique you and break you down. And you don't even know who these people are. And they're yelling at you and giving you a hard time. And all of a sudden you look into your kid and you're like, hey, you know what? Screw everybody else. It ain't that bad. I got a good life and I'm happy to be here. And maybe that's what he needed too. Maybe it just might be a little, a little reset for him, hopefully.
0: Uh, Brent Cron joining us in studio right now. Flames goaltending analyst, former Flames pick. It's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan. It's deadline day. We've been asking our uh, texters, the text line 960-960. What is the headline that uh, will be written about the Calgary Flames after the 1 p.m. deadline? What do you think that headline is, Brent Cron? This team is the same. There's no no changes.
2: Like zero. (laughs) I can't come up with something witty right off the top of my head for it. But... uh, Mm -hmm. They're not doing anything at all. They can't do anything. This team has been disappointing all season long, and who, there's nobody left really for them to bring in to change the chemistry or the culture around there. Mm-hmm. You, you can't, you, you, I'm, in my opinion, unless something fantastic falls
0: into your lap. They're not making a move. How frustrated, I don't know, is frustrated even the word? Maybe surprised or shocked that the management team must be with how this team has performed on the ice. And a lot of that has been the goaltending. Like, you you can't have a save percentage in the bottom four in the league and expect to be a playoff team. That's just a hill that's pretty much insurmountable to climb. But so many one-goal losses, oh. I think that was, what, their 37th one-goal game last night and 23rd or 24th, 24th, You're I think. You're close. One-goal loss. Yeah. That's just mind-blowing to a team that, on paper, arguably, Brent, Looks better than it was last year. That won the division, isn't it? Something goaltending is, is I, I hate to pump the tires oh, to the man, goaltenders, it's... right?
2: But you know what? You can't you can't win yourself. You can't win your team games because you can't score goals. But you can't. But you can certainly lose lose games for your team, right? And how much does that go through your head though when you are in net? Uh, not, hardly at all, honestly. I mean, you can't think about it. It does creep in when you are struggling every once in a while. But that's that's way too. The hamster flies too too fast when you're starting to go Mm. like that, and you get the the wheels kind of fall off, right? I mean, you look at Vladar playing Tuesday night against Boston; you can tell he's almost lost his confidence a tad. Where he was deep on both goals, like really deep for being six foot five. Yeah. Yeah. And when things start rolling down the hill, and it's hard to stop, um, goaltending is everything. I mean, you look at the Los Angeles Kings this year; like, there's not one goaltender on that club that has got sparkling numbers, but yet they're second in the Pacific, right? And goal differentials aren't that huge between the, the Kings and the Flames, but there's something different. There Maybe the the, 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 the conference or the division's a bit weaker or whatnot, but goal t- you need them. You absolutely need your goaltend. Look at Winnipeg. They're in that playoff spot because of Connor Hellebuck. Without a doubt.
0: Um, we've talked about it on the show. Dan Vladar had the chance to, and Daryl Sutter talked about it, in your in, And ever since that scenario... He hasn't looked like the same guy, and we've even been, we talked about it in that game against the Bruins. Man, he's playing deep in his net, and we're nowhere near in the same stratosphere as you are as analyzing and looking at goaltending. Is that something you think that, I don't know, maybe broke Vladar is maybe a little too harsh, but he hasn't been the same guy since he had the chance to take over to be the number one guy here? Daryl missed his opportunity
2: with Vladar this season. He was rolling. He was going strong. He was winning games. And they kept going back to Markstrom when Markstrom was struggling. I understand what they're trying to do to try to get him ready. Mm. But I think that not playing him more when he was hot was a big mistake. Uh, and now that you give him a chance, go, like, okay, now you tell him, okay, now now it's in, in winning you're in. Now mm-hmm. that's the case. You've been doing great so far, but now we're going to tell you. And psychologically, maybe it, it, it uh, you know, affected him between the ears. I don't know, but he hasn't. You're right. I agree with you 100%. He hasn't looked nearly as calm. As comfortable and, mm-hmm. and deep in his net. And that game against Detroit, you know, those first four goals, I mean, they weren't really you couldn't blame him. Sure, he could have made a save or two. But then that fifth one goes in and he's like, Oh, you know, Vladora had a bad game, you know. Just crap like that. You know, even playing against Phoenix and being down early and against a team like that, coming back and winning, and he just mentally you can tell it's whatever for whatever reason. Now that you kind of put the pressure on, okay, win and you're in now, and that's publicly announced. This is what's going on. You don't know what's going on in the dressing room. I think it changes approach a little bit, and I don't I, I, unintentionally. He's doing the same things, but like, like I said, I think the coaching staff missed the boat there on of the season.
1: I, I find myself already thinking about the off season with this Flames team. I know it's a trade deadline, but I wonder what type of changes would this group kind of need? Because there's not going to be a lot of UFAs. You got Trevor Lewis, Milan Lucic. That's pretty much it. You got a whole bunch of guys that are going to be with just one year remaining after that. The goaltending is pretty much set. Like, do you think that this is a group that you would give them a chance to run it back given the changes that happened at the beginning of the season and maybe how things have progressed as the year has gone
2: on? Absolutely. They deserve a chance. This is a really, this is a really good hockey club, but once again on paper, which means nothing. Hmm. Um, this season, nobody expected the Flames to be here at all, um, myself included. I thought Tree did an amazing job this summer making uh, chicken salad out of you-know-what. And uh, and and then they kind of come out here and uh, fall on their face, and they haven't got a full team effort, I think, all season. not every, Everybody hasn't been pulling on the rope in the same direction, as whatever the 60 games they've played this year. And... It's been tough on them too. You're losing in that dressing room and there's just a dark cloud when you walk in. It's never fun losing anywhere you go, but you can't get a, a streak of wins going. You can't get any confidence. You win one game, you eke out one game, and then it's right back to the grind the next day and you're losing 3-2. And it's, it's a long year. And I think that there's going to have to be uh, um, a bit of an evaluation this summer, but you, you, can't, you, you can't change the pieces. Give them to this, you know, 20 games into next year to see where they're at. What did you make of that Alan Walsh tweet? oh that guy drives me insane like why <laughs> why why i mean if i was Huberto, and i my my agent i mean this is me speaking if my agent did that see you later get lost you're getting involved beat it but Huberto stuck with him Huberto said those things right i mean how can your agent who represents you making that much money that sudden oh, he's just gonna do that to his his client because he thinks he can get him going like that's a that's a bush league move i would just, i saw that and it's it just it why what's the what's the point and then they talk about it after the game oh yeah i guess it got me fired up i think that's a bit passive (laughs) by by huberdo i think it's soft i think it's spineless a little bit Mm -hmm. when you see that stuff that he didn't really take a stand against any that oh yeah you know that's just my agent being my agent that's walshy Then just own it then say yeah you know what i talked about him i hate it here it sucks this is a tough year and you know what my agent said something that i probably shouldn't have and people have a little bit more respect for you but if you're just soft-spoken and say, "Oh, hey, yeah, well, you know, that's just, you know, he probably shouldn't have said that," and I never said it like that. Well, how else did you say it? I'm sure you've known him for a long period of time, and I'm sure he knows you well enough. But at the same time,
0: <clears throat> excuse me, how hard is it to hate a guy who just gave you a ten and a half million dollar right. deal? Agreed. You know, like, I, I, I'm not like saying honestly. That. If somebody wants to tweet all the worst stuff about me and get me a ten and a half million dollar deal, Great. Uh, I'm okay Ooh, with it. Yeah. I think. But
2: but just from my point of view, if I would see that, that's not my personality. Yeah. I would I I'm just using it from my my perspective. Mm-hmm. Drive me insane. And no matter how much money I'm making, I, I'm a private guy. I don't. If I'm talking in private to my agent, saying you know what, yeah. I hate the the my wingers or I hate you know the defenseman can't make a pass. Or the coach is a jerk. Don't air my dirty laundry. I'm
0: just venting to you. But it's the way yeah. it goes. How many games? How long does it take? We know that the whole thing, this entire season, was. He has to get used to the city, has to get used to his new teammates, has to get used to playing with Daryl, all of that kind of stuff. Like what how long does it take for a National Hockey Leaguer to get acclimated to his new city? <laughs> Some guys never figure it out. Right? You know, like, like it, and, and could he be that guy? Cause because there's times where he looks like a liability on the ice. Yes. And then there's times where you're like, wow, look at that little pass he just made that a lot of guys in this league wouldn't even think about making, and he just made that pass. He is so frustrating to watch because he disappears for stretches yeah. and then makes unbelievable plays at the same time. Like a lot of top-end guys,
2: too, do. They, you, know, you don't even notice them when they're on the score sheet three times. They're like, oh, you got three assists today, and you were not very good, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and he's playing in Florida last year, and he had a you know career year, and, and so you can kind of hide there, and everybody can just, pro- well, look, look at what Huberto's doing down in Florida. I mean, I didn't watch a single game he played last year, but he's got 86 assists. Like, wow, this guy's unreal. Everybody's, <laughs> I love this guy. He's crazy. Yeah. He's so good. I didn't watch a single game. And he comes to Calgary, and it is night and day between the East and West Conference. Playing for Darrell has got a completely different style. There's no uh, freewheeling and, and run and gun. You kind of got to earn that, but you got to be responsible defensively. Weger's kind of fallen into that trap too, where he looks a bit lost on the blue line, where guys come here and it's like, it, like, especially coming from where they came from to here, with the amount of scrutiny, people that care that watch the game, the building's full, they go to some restaurant downtown and having dinner, and there's somebody hey you know phil let's get going here man i'm a season ticket holder and i mean I'm, I'm just putting paraphrasing or putting words in his mouth but still it's it's a different different yeah. area it's a it's a completely different landscape
1: could park. there be two more drastic spots than florida and calgary oh man florida and edmonton maybe <laughs> yeah. like
2: right and and so it's, it's different he's been h- not hiding but he's been able to kind of escape down there i know even when i was in dallas for a little while even the top end guys there you you go two blocks from the rink and nobody knew your name. You could go hang out and do stuff unless you were like Medano or whatever. Right. It didn't matter. And so I think that's going to be a little bit of a learning curve for him too because the media's here. We're asking him questions.
0: I hear that a lot about Huberto and how hard it is to play under Daryl Sutter, but I always come back with this. If Johnny Goudreau could figure it out. I know. Right. Why can't Jonathan Huberto? Agreed. I agree 100%. And
2: that's a, that's a thing. That's, he's going to have to buy in at some point because he's here for a long period of time. And it's going to be a long eight years or however long he signed for Mm -hmm. until he gets it through his head. And
1: this is why I wonder about next year, because the thing with Johnny Gaudreau is he had those 20 games of Daryl Sutter at the end of the previous season to kind of be like, oh man, this is what I'm getting myself into. This is how I have to prepare in the off season. Whereas Jonathan Huberto was blindsided by the deal. And then I have to assume that it wasn't like, hey, let me just text Daryl all summer and figure out what this is going to be. And even from that, I'm sure it was a jarring experience to come in and actually be a part of this organization under the head coach. So that's why I do wonder going into next season if we do see a bounce back from Jonathan Huberdeau, just an off season of preparation for whatever it's going to take, not only physically but mentally, to play in a Daryl Sutter room.
2: Yeah, and you know, like you said, it, it was blindsided him a bit, but things were all kind of rosy too. We we went from a, season, a summer of who are the Flames going to replace these guys with Kachuk and Goudreau? to oh we got Hubert O and Weager and, and wow, we got Kadri, they're coming in. So like we'll be, we'll be okay. And and you know, Trelin goes out to to see Hubert O and talk with him and kind of, you know, everything's rosy and you know, Daryl talks some things are great. This is how we're gonna do it. And it's like, oh hey, this isn't that bad. This is great. And you start the season off and it's not um all roses and sunshine. And I think mm-hmm. for him mentally, he's gonna have to to dig in here a little bit. And, and try to understand what he can do and, and try to find his confidence
0: again because, man, oh man, he's like you said, he's such a frustrating player to watch. Mm. How much did emotion, and again, I don't want to, I wasn't here for the summer trade. I obviously knew what was going on and how the city and the organization was literally hurt by how things went down with Johnny Goudreau. Yeah, he's going to sign. He loves it here. And then all of a sudden, boom, I'm going to Columbus. And it's not like he went to Philadelphia or the Devils or the Rangers. No, he went to Columbus, yeah. which even hurt a little more. And obviously, Matthew Kachuk's like, he's gone. I want a piece out, too. That could have been Calgary's opportunity to really strip this thing down. Let's go into a full rebuild. How much of the emotion come into all of this when those two trades went down? Because in hindsight, I don't think the Flames do the Huberto trade. Do you? No, I
2: don't. I honestly don't think so myself, uh, but it looked good. And it's, and, and at the time I would have done the exact same thing
0: because you let emotion take a hundred
2: percent. You're like, what, what am I going to do to, Oh, this is actually a really good on paper replacement. And I guess it's, it's one year and I know we're kind of all over it here and it, it has time to work itself out. But I, I see your point. I understand it. And I'm actually kind of on your side with this one. Cause you know, we all, we knew that Kachuk was going, like, People knew that there was no like, oh, maybe he'll stay, maybe he won't, maybe we. But, but good for him for being agreed. Up, up, up for like, I'm not staying here. You should trade me. Agreed. That, that's what that's what you can respect about it with yeah. with Gaudreau, What drove me absolutely insane was is the, oh, I'm, I love it here. You know, we'll see what happens. I really want to be a Calgary Flame, and then I don't know, and then maybe, and oh, I'm not going anywhere, but I'd like to stay, and then I'm and just, you know just he just looked like a little kid, right? Mm-hmm. And 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 it put the Flames in a in a. Really, really, really tough spot.
1: It'll be about that first-round pick and Cole Schwint, too, to see what turns out with those two guys. But even that first-round pick's not until 25, so um, mm, that's not for uh, quite some time here either. Um, wanted to ask about some of the younger guys, too, like Peltier, Dewar. You like what you're seeing from those guys as far as moving forward? You know what? I, I'm actually impressed.
2: I I, I do. And and, oh. they, and they need to get more of an opportunity, and, mm-hmm. I, and I believe that they will. It takes a little time to... They're in some of that trust. You know, you don't want to blindly throw guys in and give them up. There's got to be a purpose to it. Sure. And and I think that that coming along. Doer. I didn't know much about him until the start of the season, honestly. And I've seen him out there and big body, and, and I'm I'm impressed by him. I I am. Um, I'd like to start seeing them get a few more minutes too, honestly, just to see what they. It just you're looking for something to kind of get this team going, and and your 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 veteran guys. You know, Tefoli's had a good season. Codry's kind of been up and down. Hannafin on the back end has been, you know, offensively good good puck moving defenseman, almost not a liability on the back end, but makes a lot of, you know, glaring mistakes like, like, like Uyghur, too. And you need somebody that's got some consistency for the year that, that guys can really lean on. And sometimes that comes from your young guys getting an opportunity.
0: Um, one more before I let you go. Um, I host a gambling show Sunday mornings. I'm going to ask you a gambling question. Oh, good. Over under starts for Dustin Wolf for the Calgary Flames this season. 0.5. Over or under? oh, that's good. Under, okay, that's good. That means they're still in a playoff race. Because if they lose their next five six games, maybe no. you call them up for one star. No, you, you throw know, that a... little carrot. No. no,
1: not a. Wranglers are first in the Pacific. You say go win the Calder Cup and the AHL goalie of the year for the second straight season. Yeah, okay, that's what I would do. If the right. if the Wranglers were like fifth in the in their division, it might be different. But he is like constantly a first star. And putting that team on his back and a reason why they're first in their division, I would I would keep them down there.
0: Okay. Uh, Brent Cron, um, Flames goaltending analyst, uh, former Flames draft pick. Always fun. Always fun when you're in studio. How about this text we got?
1: Uh, this one says, Kron is being late, sitting in the car outside of work, waiting for his segment to end. <laughs> worthy
0: listening. Look at that. Yeah, right? No trust. zero trust big fan of yours um and uh so next year at the beer beer league game yeah in the broadcast booth with us absolutely not on the ice yeah okay absolutely
2: oh the texter said that i thought i heard it as like i was sitting in my car late no 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 No, No, he said he's sitting in his car he's he's gonna gonna be late for work just to listen to you because because i've done that too where i've been late for work on my own account Because you're
1: listening to your own segment over? I'm listening to you guys every once in a while. Oh, wow. Come on now. I like every once in a while. I like how you slid that (laughs) in (laughs) there. Which means it's (laughs) happened (laughs) once. Yeah, once. Uh,
0: Brent Cron, (laughs) let's do it again soon, pal. Thanks for this. I hope so. Thanks, guys. Uh, Straight ahead, the voice of the flames, Derek Wills. It's the big show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. Your number one spot for Flames coverage can be found on Flames Talk with me, Pat Steinberg. Exclusive interviews, trusted insiders, and the latest news. Listen live weekday afternoons at 4 or stream the Flames Talk
3: podcast on demand.
0: It's the big show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Any trades? Do we see anything? Anything happening right now?
1: Uh, no. No, it's still nothing. Okay. Nothing yet. The no. Flyers are looking for a third-round pick for James Van Ramesdyk. Vegas, Winnipeg, and Seattle among those with interest. Calgary has inquired, too, but no longer seem to be in a buying frame of mind. That from Chris Johnston. Okay. About 17
0: minutes ago. Um, I have nothing else to tell you. That's it. Um, Sportsnet Today trade deadline show with Patrick Dumont. It's going at 9 a.m., it's called, or extended big show, because Patrick's going to give away the tickets. You're yeah. cool with that, Patrick? You're down with that? All right. Because we're taking your text messages. There's a billion of them. Heaps. Um, what will be the headline for the Flames after the 1 p.m. deadline? Patrick will select Patrick and Alex. They'll, they'll, they'll have Texty McTexterson on, give away the two tickets to the Cowboys wing-off, which goes down Thursday. But right now on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest, guest hotline, he is the voice of the Calgary Flames on Sportsnet 960. We say good morning to Derek Wills. Hey, how are in, you? In the shower?
3: Good morning, guys. No, I already showered because uh, I've got to chat with you guys and then uh, head down to the studio. So,
0: rise rise and grind, Derek. That's it. Yeah. It's a fun day. Um, How many over under, and I did this for uh, Dustin Wolf starts with Brent Gron just now. Over under trades for the Calgary Flames today. 0.5, Derek.
3: Well, hold on. Let's go back to Dustin Wolf for a second. What what was your over-under number? (laughs)
0: Oh, I said starts for Dustin Wolf this season. I said 0.5, and he said under. Yeah, I'm with him.
3: Okay. Uh, So what's your over-under number for Flames moves again? 0.5. I'm going to go over. Okay. You know what, guys? For a couple of different reasons. Number one, I don't feel quite as tied into the team as I once was. Uh, Number two... Uh, it's been such a strange season. I'm just, I'm not sure where their heads are at right now. Uh, for the first time in nine years, I don't have a good idea of what the Flames want to do approaching the trade deadline. You know, I've, I've had a pretty good idea in the past, whether it be buy or sell or stand pat this year, uh, I have no idea what they're going to do today. I, I would be really surprised if they were big buyers I would be really surprised if they were big sellers. I think it'll fall somewhere in between, but I'm not 100% convinced of that. How about you guys?
0: Um, uh, Again, I, I just think because, and I asked Jeff Merrick this when we had him on earlier, Derek, I think because the prices are just so ridiculously high right now, it might be too tempting for Tree not to potentially make a move. But at the same time, like, He doesn't have a contract extension, is he? And you're supposed to manage for three, four, five years in advance because that's what all good general managers do. I don't know what his future is. He doesn't have a contract extension. I don't know what his his mindset is heading into today. But if you look at a guy like Tyler Toffoli, incredible cap hit for next year, just over $4 million, 25-goal scorer. A lot of teams would love Tyler Toffoli on their roster. And I'm sure the Flames can get a ton for a Tyler Toffoli today if they chose to go down that road.
3: The one thing I'm wondering about, have prices started to come down a little bit? Because most of the buyers have already done a lot of buying. I I think about the Maple Leafs. And from Game 1 of their season series to Game 2 of their season series with the Flames, I had to replace nine players on their roster. (laughs) The amount of turnover, especially in the Atlantic Division, has been bonkers And I look at the price that the Senators paid for Jacob Chikrin. A lot less than what we heard the Coyotes were asking for him. So I'm wondering if the prices are starting to come down a little bit. And if there might be some quote-unquote bargains out there. As far as the Flames being big-time sellers, I'm going to flip this back to you guys. So this season's been tough. And it's going to be difficult for them to get to the Stanley Cup playoffs at this point. But do you think that they still believe that they will be in a window to win next season with with the contracts that they're going to have on their books do you, do you think they're going to be in a position to rebuild or significantly retool uh,
0: they they have to be right when you look at some of these players it's a win now team and that's what it is when you sign jonathan huberto and Nasim kadri and mckenzie wieger Mm-hmm. to those deals, and the number one priority to me, Derek, this summer is extend uh, Elias Lindholm. That has to be priority number one for the Calgary Flames. He has one year left on his deal before he's an unrestricted free agent. You can talk to him July 1, and that's, to me, that that's the number one piece of business the Flames need to do in the offseason, is it not?
3: Yep, it would be at the top of my list for sure, and that's why I, I would be really surprised if they started selling off core pieces today, because I believe, and I think they believe that they're going to compete for a Stanley cup playoff spot. And, you know, if everything goes really well for them, uh, they'll compete to win a round or two or three or four next season. They were really high on this team coming into this season. And maybe we underestimated how long it was going to take, uh, for, uh, a new group of core players to really come together. I mean, we're 62 games in and it hasn't happened yet, you could argue, right? So that doesn't mean that they won't be good next season. But if you start trading away guys who are going into the final season of their contract and the Flames have a bunch of those guys who are really good players or and really important players for this team, I think it's going to be difficult to compete next season. I really do. I mean, Tyler Toffoli, for me, is a prime example. Uh, I've been doing this for nine years in Calgary, and... For a good chunk of those nine seasons, the Flames were looking for a top six, right shot, right winger who could score goals. (laughs) Uh, I think about uh, Troy Brower, James Neal. Well, now they've got Tyler Toffoli, who leads the team in goals and points. You finally found that guy. You might need another one of those guys, but you finally found one of those guys. Now you're going to trade him away? For what? picks and prospects that will help you years down the road, but not next year? I just I would be really surprised if they went down that road. And, George, you brought up a really important point. The entire management group doesn't have a contract past this season. So are they going to make decisions that are going to impact this team for the next five to ten years? I would be surprised to see them do that. I really would. What did you make of Jacob Markstrom's performance yesterday? I thought it was his best game this season. Mm. And what a shame. How many times has he played a good game? And last night, I thought he played a great game. But how many times this season has he played a good game where the Flames have scored one goal? <laughs> it's too unbelievable. Many. Too many is the right answer. And Ryan Huska brought that up when he joined us on the Flames Talk game show last night. The answer is too many. And I real really feel for Jacob Markstrom. He really battled from start to finish last night. And, you know, the first thing that's going through my mind, and maybe his too, stop the first shot. Well, he did that, and then it's probably, okay, get through the first five minutes, get through the first period, did that, did that, check, check, check. And yeah, he gives up a goal in the second period where basically uh, Mitch Marner looked like Frogger, weaving in and out and back and forth. (laughs) Nice. I mean, and you can't hang that one on the goaltender, can you? No. And then... I mean, I think about uh, uh, the Flames getting a a goal overturned on an offside call. It was the right call. Um, And then that took uh, a 2-1 lead off the board for them. And then the Maple Leafs take a 2-1 lead on a goal where there's a scramble in the goal mouth and Jacob Markstrom goes down and reaches across the crease and gets his glove on the puck and the net comes off the moorings, but just a split second too late for the goal not to count. It's just, it was just another one of those moments. It was just another one of those games for the Flames. I thought he was great last night. And it's funny because I don't know if you guys listen to our post-game show following that crazy Bruins contest on Tuesday. I mean, you talk about the Flames season in a nutshell. You outshoot shoot your opponent by 37 and you lose. Uh, still trying to wrap my head around that. Um, but we talked about the goaltending. And you guys know, because I've told you before... I wasn't a big fan of the win and you're in, the flip-flopping between the two goaltenders. Confidence has been an issue, whether they want to admit it or not. I think both goaltenders have had confidence issues this season with the way things have gone, more so Jacob Markstrom than Dan Vladar. And because the Flames have one of the lowest team save percentages in the league, I think there's been a lack of confidence from the coaches and the players and the guys between the pipes behind them. So I think flip-flopping back and forth... Probably hurt the confidence of both goaltenders. Neither guy could really feel like he was the guy. And I'm not sure it really sent the right message to the players. Now, with that said, I understand why the coaches did it. I mean, they were looking for an answer. They just wanted one of these guys to to take the ball to run with it, and it didn't happen, uh, even though they tried to, to allow one of those guys to make it happen coming out of their break. So I thought the right thing to do when I said it Tuesday night was to say, okay, we're going to... Hitch our wagon to our Clydesdale, Jacob Markstrom, who has proven over time that he can be an elite goaltender in this league and who at this stage of his career, at least in my opinion, has a higher ceiling than Dan Vladar and has more experience than Dan Vladar. And if we're going to go down, we're going to go down with our guy. That, that was the approach that I thought they should take. And then the next morning, without saying it, Uh, Daryl Sutter kind of said it that's the approach the Flames are going to take down the stretch and I thought it was a great first game for Jacob Markstrom and they're going to need more uh, of those games from him if he plays the way he did last night he will give this team a chance to get back in the playoff race but they're going to have to score some more goals for him that's for sure Derek
0: Wills is the voice of the Calgary Flames on Sportsnet 960 the fan joining us here on the big show Russick and Rose he's on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline can we get spicy on trade deadline day? Sure. Um, and this this doesn't this didn't this didn't come from us. Frank Saravali was on our show a few months ago, and he floated the idea that potentially Daryl Sutter could be the next general manager of the Calgary Flames at next year's deadline. Is there a more than one percent chance that Daryl Sutter could be in charge of what the Flames are doing at the deadline?
3: I think there's. Certainly more than a 1% chance. I don't know. It's a, a very interesting question.
0: Would you be surprised if he was named the general manager?
3: Yes and no. Okay. I know how much he loves to coach. He's one win away from 200 behind the Flames bench. He will tell you he doesn't care about things like that, but you know, it's a pretty significant milestone. He's already the winningest coach in franchise history. He wants to win another Stanley Cup. I guess he could do that as a general manager. I think he would probably prefer to do that as a coach. If they do make a change, and I'm not sure if they're going to. I'm a big Bradshaw Loving fan and, and have been from day one. But if they do make a change, whether it's them making a change or him making a change, i uh, I think I would still be surprised if Daryl Sutter was named general manager. Now, there are plenty of guys around the league who he's worked with, including one on the Sportsnet panel, Mike Fuda, uh, who have experience doing that type of job. So wouldn't surprise me. As a matter of fact, it would surprise me if they didn't hire someone who had some sort of ties to Daryl Sutter. But I'm kind of still hoping Brad Treloving's coming back next season. Mm -hmm. I think he did an unbelievable job um, cleaning up the mess that Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk left when they left. Um, And I think he's put a good team together, even though the team has underperformed this season. I think he's put a good team together that, as we've seen, can compete with the best teams in the league when they're right. But for some reason, they haven't been right often enough this season, and that's what they have to get to the bottom of.
1: Do you think the team should try and sign Matt Coronado before the end of the season?
3: Yeah. I absolutely do, and based on what Eric Francis tweeted out and he had a conversation, I don't know if he talked to his agent or or actually talked to Matt. I think it was both. but it sounds like he's open to signing, but he wants some sort of guarantee that he's going to get into some games this season. so uh, it's easier to uh, guarantee a a player like Matt Coronado that if you fall out of the playoff race, I think it's uh, potentially a dangerous thing to do if uh, you're still fighting for a playoff spot and You're locked into giving a guy with no professional experience uh, a spot on your roster and uh, in your lineup. But, you know, he's uh, hopefully going to be a very important part of the Flames' future. You could argue he's their top prospect. Um, Mm. So, yeah, I mean, I would try to get him signed, absolutely, because if you don't, then it might not happen, ever.
0: Um, Who's the team that you have your eye on the most today when it comes to the Calgary Flames? Is it the Winnipeg Jets and what they do because... Carolina that's the Hurricanes? team. That's the team. Well, Carolina with their supposed love of the Calgary Flames in their organization, sure. but or is the Jets the team you have your eye on? Because obviously, that's the one closest to the Flames in the standings.
3: Not really. Um, I still think the Jets are going to get in. I've got my eye on the Kings. They've already made a significant move, and I've got my eyes on the Wild. And the reason I picked those two teams are because the Flames have two games against both of them. So that's how you close the gap fairly quickly. And I was saying uh, yesterday, both on on Flames Talk uh, with Pat Steinberg and uh, on our post-game show with Pat and Peter Labardius, that I wish the trade deadline was next Wednesday or Thursday or Friday, as opposed to today. (laughs) Because the Flames have three huge games coming up between now and next Wednesday. You've got two games against the wild, two proverbial four-pointers sandwiching a game against the stars. A team that you could conceivably catch, you probably won't, but still two points on the table in that game. So we, we would have a much clearer picture of where the flames were at next Wednesday than we have today. Now, even Glass Half Full Guy uh can admit that they're not in a great spot, and they're gonna have to take care of their own business and go on a real hot streak between now and the end of the season just to give themselves a fighting chance, and they're going to need some help. But they can help themselves uh, in a big way by beating the Wild tomorrow night and uh, closing the gap on them. So uh, I think for me, it's, it's the Wild and the Kings, uh, two teams who I think are okay but not great, and two teams who the Flames play twice and uh, can close the gap pretty quickly on. How about you? Do you guys focus on the Jets, or, or is there another group?
1: Jets are an interesting one because I do wonder if the Connor Halibut fatigue factor is starting to kick in for them, um, and I do wonder what, if they do anything else at this deadline as well because they're just the five points up. That's the one for me, um, and then the Kings and, and you the got Kraken, one game against them. Yeah, and then the Kings and the Kraken have both won back-to-back games, which makes everything a little bit more complicated. But um, yeah, the math ain't good anymore. That's for sure.
3: Well, and that's the thing, right? The Flames have to help themselves, but the truth is they haven't been getting a lot of help on the out-of-town scoreboard, and they didn't again last night.
0: Derek Wills is the voice of the Calgary Flames on Sportsnet 960. Um, you're on today uh, with Patrick Dumas starting at 10 a.m. till noon. Hopefully uh, some interesting stuff happens during the show.
3: Yeah, it would be nice to have something to talk about. I mean, um, we can talk about Flames for two hours, but... Uh... I'm starting to run out of things to say. Maybe maybe like a JT Miller trade. Wouldn't that be fun? Yeah, it would be fun. Yep. Yeah. Very interesting. You, you know, I, I think about the Canucks. They've made some interesting moves, haven't they? Yeah. Not quite sure what they're doing there. Me neither. They They have two guys, basically, who are co-general managers, and <laughs> Jim Rutherford and Patrick Alvine, and you'd think one of them would... Vito, the other one, and, if he thought he was making a, a move that didn't help the team long-term or short-term, but yep. uh, who knows, maybe it'll work out.
0: And it's it's the same in all of professional sports. It all comes down to your ownership.
3: Yeah, that's a great point. That's
0: what it is. And a lot of people, yeah. they point to the coaches, the general managers, but if the directive from the owner is like, the one who pays all the bills, is like, I want playoff revenue, make sure you get this team in the playoffs by whatever means necessary. Mm-hmm instead of let's tear this thing down, let's be a legitimate Stanley Cup contender. It's just, and it's even we all forget to... about that as fans and media that all the owners care about, ultimately a lot of them, is just the bottom line and not so much winning championships.
3: Yeah, and I would say the Flames are really lucky to have the ownership group that they do because every single year they give John Bean and the front office staff and Brad Treleving, the management group, all the resources they need to ice a competitive team. The Flames spend to the cap every single season. If they feel like they need to make a coaching change, they've done that. So they're lucky in that sense. But I think it's, speaking about the Canucks and other teams, I think it's even more difficult to commit to going down the road of a rebuild coming out of COVID because teams yep. took a huge hit That's during COVID. That's a great COVID. point. You know, and now they're yep. trying to close that gap a little bit. It's it is a, a business after yep. all.
0: That is, an, uh, that is a great point. Derek Wills, uh, the voice of the Calgary Flames on sports at 960. Uh, enjoy the trade deadline today, pal. Thanks for this. Have a great show. You too,
3: guys. Yeah, thanks, guys.
0: Uh, there's Derek Wills on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. NHL trade deadline coverage on sports at 960 is brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar. Using the same secret recipe since 1975. A Dine secret. in at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Take out or delivery at 403 248 four. Um we got a couple minutes to go here before we say goodbye for the week. Um Patrick Dumont is straight ahead. Uh he'll be on the air for the next three hours. He's flying solo here from nine till ten on the Sportsnet today edition of the Trade Deadline Show. Um Patrick's gonna give away the tickets. Yeah. Um we have so many texts we can't even get to we even have a crazy one that if you could actually mm. like if you actually picture a text where you cut out magazine letters and paste them on a letter and mail it to somebody? <laughs> that would be the same thing as one of the texts we received this morning. Novel. Thank you for listening. Learned a lot. Um, but we asked, uh, what will be the headline for the Flames after the one p.m. deadline? I think you'll get you'll you'll have the help of Texty McTexterson, yeah, the Sportsnet nine sixty the fan text reading robot. You give away the tickets in the nine o'clock hour. Yeah, I, uh, hopefully, maybe they make a move. The Flames are never a morning deadline team. They all of these moves, if they do make moves, come in like close to the deadline. There, they've never been an early riser here. Every, well, at least everyone <laughs> thinks they're going to be bargain bin hunting. Yeah, so well,
1: it's going to be right at the end of the deadline when teams are like, yeah. oh gosh, we got to move this guy for
0: something. Yeah, at least like if um, Florida's got to move money. Radko Gudis is a name. Radko Gudis, okay, is a name. They got to move money. That guy's got a what, serious beard. Which way does he shoot? Right,
1: right, is he right shot. Is he Radko Gudis. Right I think he's a left
0: shot. Oh, Tough damn. defenseman. Right guy on the. That's a Dorov Gudis He is a right was a shot. though. Look at that.
1: <laughs> ah, shoots right. Why? Make the call, man. Let's go,
0: Radko Gudis. Make be the fun. call. That'd be fun. I I uh, like Radko Gudis. You got to
1: make the money work, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, that would um, just be...
0: That's it for us. So <laughs> have you stay ever an you...
1: interview with Radko Gudis? Actually, I've not.
0: Beauty I loves his so. pints. Really? <laughs> oh yeah. Um, Patrick, you also on the uh, trade deadline show with yeah. uh, Derek Wills? Um, from ten to noon. Yeah, we'll have. Uh, so you're busy. Yeah, we'll have. S- yeah, we need something to talk about. I'm sure. We have <laughs> to- <laughs> well, at least you got you got the pad of a lot of headlines. <laughs> yeah, we got a lot of you do that with the tax sale I don't
1: know. I got Cash some this is 3.4 goodus is yeah. 3. 5. So sorry what
0: hey it's oh. 100 grand we just yeah. got him find 100 grand somewhere. No no you got room they oh, got we do have room. they got
1: 3.6 and good or 3.4 yeah. goodus is at 2.5 Oh even better All right that's it for us let's go send the draft pick let's um, do it. we'll be <laughs> back Monday
0: uh flames and wild tomorrow night uh we're going to the game that'll be fun Yeah we are um, as Unbiased members of the media It's true um, <laughs> We just go for the meal That's essentially what it is And then the fist pumps with our co-workers
1: Yeah Yeah, that's exactly what we do And then that's we nice. go
0: for a beer and that But you're not going to drink Because you're a dry march Maddie yeah. Rose
1: Yeah, it's Hey, I I had a family dinner on the first Didn't drink Went to the Flames game yesterday Didn't drink Two for two
0: And those were Long
1: you know, months, Maddie 31 the, days
0: The demons were <laughs> They were attempted <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's it for us. Uh, Patrick Dumont's next. Your chance to win a pair of tickets to the Cowboys wing off uh, next Thursday. That's it for us. Enjoy the deadline. We'll talk to you Monday. Bye. Bye.